Hello everybody, my name is Alex Marks and this is Young History, but this is a much more special episode than anything we've ever done because it is my first podcast interview ever and it is with the one, the only, a very big mentor to me, an artist, a yoga instructor, a father, many things, Mr. Vasilios Trippinus II. Yes, sir. So, thank you so much for having me on, man. Of course, man. Thank you. So we've known each other for a good couple of years now, working at working at a cookie company. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you know, now look at us. It's been a couple of years, <laughs> man. Years. You're still there. I'm doing a couple of different things. Yeah, but is, our time there was together was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah. yeah, this man is very special to me. He's very special to a lot of people in the Fort Lauderdale area. He is. Hell of an artist. He's a hell of a yoga instructor. He's also a hell of a father. So I've got many questions for him today, and we're going to get right into it pretty soon. So thank you all so much for being here. And one more time, my name is Alex Marks. This is Young History, and this is one hell of an interview. Thank you. Alrighty, so I'm going to get right on into it, and so I know that you're very, very passionate about meditation, mm-hmm. and you wrote a book, mm-hmm. Meditation and Prayer, very good, it was a great, kind of a mix of a guide, guided meditation book, plus also little mantras to take, I read it cover to cover, like the first day I worked at the job when you gave it to me, <laughs> but so what really got you into that space of meditation and prayer separately? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it was... I got into yoga like many people do, which is just to increase my flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, we both work out, we're both athletes, we like to be active. And I was playing basketball way back when, and I got into yoga to increase my flexibility. But then as I took more classes, and they had the meditation at the beginning class, and they had Shavasana at the end of class, Mm -hmm. I started to realize the mental benefits of practicing yoga on a regular basis. And then, once I started to realize that, I started to want other people to try it, mm-hmm. wanted other people to participate in it because of like how it was making me feel. As time went on, it you know, really kind of manifested itself into something bigger, into where I challenged myself more to really, really make the practice a part of my day-to-day routine. And once I did that, a lot of the stress, anxiety that I had throughout life would kind of dissipate. And then even if it didn't, I had like these tools to help combat them. Get through help, Yes, exactly. Help get through tough situations. And so again, just because I practice yoga, I'm not chill and calm all the time. I still get angry, frustrated, all those different things. But I do have these tools that I can implement when things get tough. And there have been some tough times. There has been some tough times. I'm, I've been a yoga instructor for like seven years. I've been practicing maybe for about 10. Um, and, I, and I still love it every day. And the book came because of a really tough time. I was dealing with a girl. Mm-hmm. And it was heartbreak the whole nine yards. Yep. And it was really, really tough. The first girl that I probably ever loved. And I was trying to figure out how to make it through that situation. And the only thing I thought was I need to do something positive consistently for a period of time. Uh And so I decided for eight weeks, Monday through Friday, I would get up every morning, 6 a.m., go to the local park, practice yoga, meditate, Uh and just have a really meaningful conversation with myself. 
And during that time, I would write down just things that came to my head yeah. and, and, and things like that. And when I would be teaching over the last seven years, I would meditate before classes and, and little things would come to mind and I would write all those things down. So between me teaching and that tough situation in which I you know, practiced yoga consistently for about eight weeks, mm -hmm. I compiled all those things into just in, uh, encouraging words that I yeah. thought other people would benefit from. Which we did. And which which we did. again, yeah. I, I've heard that. And again, I think I've handed my book out and, and sold it to, I don't even know how many people have actually read it all the way through. So this speaks a lot to, yeah. I think, the person that you are, which again, oh, yeah. is I, I really do appreciate that you took the time to to mow through it. And, and I'm glad. Yeah, it wasn't even a mow through it. No, because really, I mean, Lord, I think it was my first day, first or second day at the job. You were handing them out to everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I read it cover to cover. Was, I mean, that's the, I think that was a good... Because, Lord, everyone's read novels, yeah. and there's, there's endless books on self-development and, and meditation. But, you know, you gave us a good – it was a good taste where mm. the one guy, you know, we get – you read a page in a few minutes, then you go meditate, come back. Mm. It was really easy. Um, I love that. So that whole space is huge. There's so many yogis. There's people that tell different things. Mm. There's Wim Hof on different ways to breathe. Mm. What would you say to people that are just trying to take that first step in the space? They have a cluttered life like we all do, stressful job, wife, ex-wife, whatever it is. <laughs> right. What would you say like, as advice to those people that just want to get into a space that clearly across the board has benefited anyone who's gotten into it, even though it's such a big space to dive into? Right. And I think I have said multiple times that I, I've never heard anyone leaving a yoga class and said that they felt worse. Mm -hmm. At least for the majority of teachers, in the way that yoga is structured, you're going to feel better. Absolutely. And so what I would recommend anyone is to just hop on Google, find a local studio near you and there are so many around here just like you said the space has grown crazy huge so there's going to be a studio within a mile of where you live and just take the opportunity to, to go test out a couple classes you're not going to resonate with every instructor mm -hmm. um, maybe every experience is not going to be the best one but usually you can find an instructor that you feel comfortable with and again you know is a, what am I trying to convince you of? To breathe for an hour, to put your mm -hmm. phone down for an hour, yep. to Be get present. a little bit of exercise. I, you know, I, I'm not. It's we're not recreating the wheel yeah, here. Not asking for um, crazy. Yeah, yoga is, is been around for five thousand years, and you know, simply put, it it's a huge benefit to anyone who I think practices it on a regular basis. So just get out there and do it. And it's twenty first century. Hop on um, YouTube. Even just following some of those classes are actually really awesome. And there's some really amazing instructors that have put content out. So there's so many ways to get it, you know. Just start. Just start. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. So speaking of practicing it over and over and doing it consistently, you said you've done it every day. But mm -hmm. kind of just in general, I know you got commission paintings to do and you got yoga classes to teach right. and a girl to raise. So <laughs> with all those things, what is a kind of either a thought or – a prayer you say to yourself or something that kind of pops in your head every day that keeps you on your track, not too stressed, not mm -hmm. bouncing off the walls. Yeah, so I so I, I don't per, I don't do my physical practice every day, but I do meditate every day. Mm -hmm. And the, my mantra um, that I've said at the end of every class I've ever taught for as long as I remember and um, and you know, something that I repeat to myself every morning is take a deep breath in, take a deep breath out. That breath there carried you throughout your life. That breath there will carry you throughout this practice. Whenever there's a difficult circumstance or situation, I want you to come back to this very moment in time. I want you to put your heart, body, mind, top priority in your own life. I say that at the end of every class. Mm -hmm. I say that um, every single day. And 
it's a constant reminder because we'll have these really good, awesome highs. You'll have an amazing class. You'll have a great workout. You'll, things will be going good with your girl, blah, 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 blah. But when things get tough, you don't ever remember those good times. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to like just pull back and be like, things were good. It's just like, dang, this is so tough and I'm falling apart. And that's why you need that constant reminder every single day just to say, come back to the moment where it's like, man, you know, last week I did take this yoga class I, and I was able to make it through a tough situation because I took a couple of deep breaths and showed a little self-care and self-love. Boom. And it's much easier to recall something when you do it every day. So, again, Absolutely. I had a great, amazing yoga class. When did you take it? Oh, it was about a month ago. Mm. Okay, like, I, I get you can recall that, and maybe you remember the good feeling, this and that, but it's much easier to say, like, oh, I meditate every day. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a tough circumstance today at some point, I'm sure, for me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can just be like, oh, I was at the beach this morning. I took time to meditate. I can just revert back to, to that, and it was only a few hours ago. Yeah. I'm able to pull through. Right. So again, consistency. there every day, you yeah. pull back to it. Exactly. I love that. Um, so, yes, I mean, we've got a hell of a yoga instructor here with us. Seen this face thank always. You, you, you check out his Instagram, you'll see all of <laughs> the way this guy used to stand on his head and all that. But um, there's another side of you that is also a very unique space, very much your own, and that is your painting, mm-hmm. your art. Tell me how that started, and then I'll also ask after what that means to you as well. Yeah, so... There was, I was a yoga instructor and I was trying to make a living being a yoga instructor. And it was stressful because you are so focused on making money that it sometimes takes away from the practice. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel good when you're like so stressed out about money and teaching multiple, you know, a bunch of different classes all over Fort Lauderdale, Miami, up north and everything. And I was like, this is not why I got in the practice. I don't want to go into a class stressing out about money or Mm -hmm. am I getting paid enough, blah, blah, blah. Then... Because of the way that I process my emotions and express, I do a lot of artistic things. Yoga was a super big help for me to make, you know, to really process my emotions, but I'm also a piano player and a painter. Mm -hmm. And that was the driving force behind it. Like, we keep so many things up in our head and we rarely ever get them out. And they kind of eat away at us. We don't feel comfortable maybe talking to our parents or whoever. And it just kind of eats away at us. And especially as guys, we aren't really taught to like mm-hmm. share emotion yeah. like that. And we're, so we're, I think that we even keep even more so. And then, you know, we are challenged with things like, you know, suicide and these things. And it's just like, yeah, we're humans that feel mm-hmm. and we don't have like a creative or even an outlet to get any of that out. Right. So same with piano, same with yoga, same with art and painting. It was just a way for me to, you know, get some of my feelings out in a creative way that wasn't super intense I didn't think I was going to be making money Mm -hmm. to start I just wanted to paint and it was one of the things where I was with my roommate and we had bare walls and we said like let's go get some art and then we went to I think Big Lots or Michaels Mm -hmm. or something and they were charging you know $40 and I'm like dude I can paint us something that would mean like 10 times more Uh save us you know (laughs) save us the 40 bucks and it would be something cool so I think one of the driving reasons was even that and I just started to paint and it grew into to what I am now full, I mean, more or less a full-time artist, right. you know, paint every day, all day. And it's the main source of, you know, my income. Love that. I, and I love to do it. Yeah. Absolutely love And to do it. there's a lot of people in that space that are just filled with talent, mm-hmm. like bustling with talent. They have it in their blood or they just had it since they were young or they just honed the skills to get to the point where they're incredible. Right. But the fact that it is such a lucrative space of 
money's hard. And as you said, when you're doing it for the money, it can kill the art, mm -hmm. whatever that art is, music or painting or whatever. What would you say to those people, especially the younger ones that are, no, all their friends tell them, you're an incredible painter, like mm -hmm. you should do this. I just had this with someone, I met someone, I was showing me the art, I was like, you don't do this full time? And they, I mean, they're painting houses. Like, yeah, yeah. So what would you say to those people that are in that struggle of, okay, this is clearly what I'm passionate about, mm -hmm. this is what I like to do, and I'm damn good at it, right. but uh, I still have to pay rent. Yeah, there is a balance. There is a balance, and I for sure, there, I think there's two parts of it. There's the one part where people have the accountability of having to pay rent and bills and all this, and so they have this anchor of a stable nine-five job. Mm -hmm. If you're serious about any venture, you have to make time to do what you're passionate about. And the only way you are gonna know if it works is if you give it an appropriate amount of time. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're an amazing artist, you're, you look at their Instagram, they're phenomenal. Like how often do you paint? Oh, you know, I really only paint a couple hours a week because I'm so tired from work and I'm out with my friends and this and that. You know, I don't know anything that you can do a couple of hours a week and yeah, yeah, and elevate it to the point where it's uh, supplementing your steady income or your nine to five job. <clears throat> so there is always this point where you have to make the transition take the leap of faith from what you, we call a stable nine to five mm -hmm. into a more a passion project entre, you know entrepreneur you know venture or yeah. whatever you want to call it so the, the tough part is and this is with anything you got to just live below your means yeah. live below your means <laughs> absolutely I mean that is going to allow you to have freedom so a lot of people will be like I make a lot of money and I make a lot of money and money isn't everything, but it's giving me freedom, mm -hmm. <clears throat> which is, that's a great sentence and it's a great way of thinking because it's true. Money will give you freedom. But for people who have difficulty making money, you need to live below your means because right. the amount of money you make, you're going to realize it doesn't have to be, I got to make millions of dollars to have this financial freedom. Mm -hmm, if you keep way. your bills chill, if you, yeah. if you live below your means, you can make a decent amount of money and feel like you are free. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I've approached it and what has allowed for me to do things like yoga, art, piano, things where it's like, oh dude, what is it? That's, those aren't real jobs. Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever, you know, to say that I'm an artist, nobody would take it seriously. Right. Say I'm a piano player or a yoga instructor. It, it, but what allows me to do that is that my bills relatively are, are very cheap throughout mm -hmm. the month. So that's one thing I would for sure tell anyone, keep yeah. your bills low. 100%, I, I used to be, a crazy spender when it came to going out yes. and buying clothes like I'm not saying you need to be in rags or anything but the thing that changed me is stop going out like make those meals yourself meal yep. prep and then dude just get like your clothes covered make sure you look good but then just stop spending yeah cuz I mean that's what it is like the reason none of very few of us go to work are like man I just love this job so much and we clock in mm. to pay the bill we clock mm -hmm. in for that paycheck and for almost all those same people there's that other thing that's drawing us is yeah. it singing or is it piano mm -hmm. or art or whatever and if you're not giving yourself that room to breathe and that money space to go invest in that you're never gonna be able to get it off the ground and i yeah. i definitely think that's the truth too so yeah yeah it's a yeah it's one of those things where you just gotta um yeah you're 110 percent right and it's it's hard to do because we do get caught up into going out Looking good, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, mm -hmm. hanging out New with girls, iPhone, this. Yeah, and then, yeah, the money just disappears very quickly. Um, but again, like if it's something you're thinking about consistently every single day, like you love to do it, you're passionate about it, you you just got to put yourself out there. You have to go to markets, you have to show your family, you have to 
um, convincing them to support your, you know, there's all these different outlets that help legitimize your art or your business. And again, a lot of it comes with the inner circle that you initially start with, whether it's your friends or family or, you know, close relatives that help give you this foundation to where you get the confidence and continue to kind of boost yourself up. So there's a bunch of different things, you know, I don't have any family down here. I don't have a ton of close friends, but it's like, since I've been young, being creative, expressing my emotions in the creative way has always been a thing. Mm -hmm. And I've never resonated with a nine to five job for any long period of time. And because those two things kind of, I've always been, I just knew that I would be doing something creative. Yeah. Even if it is like, I got to live out on the street, mm -hmm. you know, with my paintbrush and my <laughs> paintbrush little and keyboard right there. <laughs> like, I know that that I would do that. And mm -hmm. when you come to that realization, right. then you know that you got to take some serious steps to mm -hmm. uh, give it an attempt. And again, like, you know, we know the amount of time working at a nine to five. And even you and I, you saw how many hours I was working. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, it was nonstop. And you always can say, oh, I'm willing to put in 60, 70, 80, 90 hour week for somebody else. Right. It's like, you know, what can my art do mm -hmm. with 90 hours a week? You yeah. know, what can my yoga do with 50 hours a week? You know, what could my piano playing be like if I spent, you know, 40 hours a week? Right. Um, and that we're so willing to give that to somebody else and then, oh, do it for yourself. No, I right. uh, just can't. Oh, yeah, I'm, too, I'm too, yeah, I'm too mm -hmm. nervous. I'm scared. Yep. Uh, I don't have the time. I got to pay my bills, this and that. But what I've learned is usually when you you double down on something, it usually works out. Yep, uh, that's exactly what I was trying <laughs> to say, is once you take that step and you finally give, that 100 you're giving to work, you give that 100, 100, 100 to all your other things mm -hmm. that you actually care about, that's when the strides happen, that's when you actually make the progress. Mm -hmm. I mean, even here, I started a podcast a few months ago, I went from like, shaking behind the mic to now I'm like all right let's do an interview bro. I know like, so. I, did. I mean the progression's amazing 36 so. uh, 37 episodes yeah, into and inviting people to come and yeah I mean it's a and that's just and even for me it's not even like I'm you know making any money or I like on any stages or anything but to me like I as soon as I accepted that this was equally as important as anything else this was mm -hmm. I know that every day I'm going to do either my hour of research for a podcast my hour of mm -hmm. history studies or my hour of recording I'm going to do it and even if it's an off day, like that's the one that kind of really hit me was the people that you look up to don't look for the excuses the way that our brains want us to. Because it's really easy yeah. to get comfort, to comfortable. It's really easy to stay in bed. But once you accept, okay, I'm, I'm a writer. You just accept that and mm -hmm. you know that you're going to write your book every single day. You're going to work on something. You're going to write one page, one chapter, one paragraph. Mm -hmm. That's what got me here is I know I'm going to, okay, I'm going to record the podcast every day. I'm going to be behind the microphone every day. I'm going to do something. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with you is, you yeah. know, it's, you know, you're going to at least <laughs> grab that paintbrush every day. You're going to bang out some notes on the piano. It's very true. And the funny thing is just the way you describe it is like, it's overwhelming when you first start, but when you have that consistency, it's like, oh, it's a blank book, mm -hmm. but only 40 days later, boom, mm -hmm. it's a blank canvas. But five hours later, Bang. boom, it's a podcast, no episodes, a couple months, a few months later, 36 episodes. Yep. And it's just that consistency. And then you look back and you're like, dude, I'm so glad that I took the time to do this. It's just an accomplishment. And again, it's like, who cares how many books I sell, mm. who reads it or whatever. It's something that I've done. It was on my checklist. I accomplished it. And again, it helps legitimize helps legitimize yourself when approaching other business opportunities 
But also, it just allows for you to have more meaningful conversations where you get down the road because it's not a consistent, like, I failed. Mm-hmm. I did. You're able to anchor yourself to things like, dude, I am a badass most days. Yeah. Because I just anchor down. I say I'm going to do something. I'm going to get it done. Not every day, but I can look back to several different things and be like, dude, I was under the gun. I finished that, could be mm-hmm. that piano piece, that painting. I finished that book. I can do most anything if I set my mind to it. Yeah. You know? See, that's, and that's incredible because you also said something to me a few months ago. I went to one of the art walks that was down here and you had all your stuff yeah. and it was like it was, I'm pretty sure it was the first time I'd seen you since you left the job we were working mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. and you, I don't, I'm paraphrasing I don't remember yeah. exactly how you said it but you said something along the lines of you know now that I started doing this art almost full time like that energy is just flowing right back into me and that's the truth is if you know what that thing is for you football, sports singing whatever it is as soon as you take those hard first steps which is just like awkwardly sit behind mm-hmm. a mic and record and record music or do whatever you're going to look back after those three months, as he just said, and really understand, okay, this is me. And, like, I'm enjoying this. And that energy goes right back through you. Yeah. I can tend to be pretty, like, upset about my life. But once I am doing my history research and recording or doing anything, I bet it's the same with you. You know, you start, you start singing and pianoing and you start, you know, painting. The pain kind of goes away and you're kind of more, okay, right. you're enjoying your stuff. Right. And I, I think that's the biggest part of why you need to find whatever that thing is for you and just throw yourself at it because life's too short yeah. and listen money returns uh, money returns and time does not and it's, you know you're gonna look back year after year saying okay i'm gonna start my art project this year i'm gonna start this year this month this week and every one of those weeks goes by you don't get to do that again um, you can go work another job you can go get another paycheck you can't do that again so yeah just start we out here preaching yeah this is out here preaching <laughs> we're out like, here this, that's what we do but <laughs> i love that man. <clears throat> Um, I do want to hop back. You did say earlier that a big thing that helped you was your kind of inner circle, your friends and all that. And you said that a big thing that helped you was inner circle and friends and family. And one thing I've struggled with is, you know, having an inner circle that just doesn't at all reflect my goal. I mean, they don't have, and this is not to like throw anyone under the bus, but it's just, I haven't felt the same. They have big dreams. They don't have daily practices. It's kind of just people or they're negative or they're judgy. What would you say to people who have had, especially with family or long-time, like, lifetime friends that are not fitting your standard of living anymore? Because I know that's, for me, has been hard to, you know, pull away from people that have been around me my whole life, even if they are putting negative thoughts in my head, dragging me down, Mm -hmm. and all that. And so, and so I, you know, said that I think a lot of people do have a foundation of Mm -hmm. close friends, family, and relatives that can help legitimize the business. That hasn't been the case for me, and it has been really, really tough looking at a group of friends or family members, seeing maybe the lack of support and um, encouragement and saying something very difficult, which is I may have to reestablish some other relationships that are more beneficial. Mm And so that has been the case for me. Like I grew up in Kansas. My family now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. I have a lot of family in New York, all over. I don't consistently speak with them for a variety of different reasons throughout my life. Um, But the truth of the matter is your family is who you make it. Mm -hmm. And as long as you're living through your passion, um, you know, your passion, your purpose, what motivates you, you usually are going to draw people that really care about you. And again, they may not be blood related, but again, I have people who are not blood related that have helped me in insane ways that again, I don't even know if my own family would Mm -hmm. do. And that's not, um, you know, just, you know, meant to be a slight towards them, 
but just the truth of the matter. Right. So again, it's it's not um, you know a mean spirited comment more so than that's just the accuracy of what has happened throughout yeah, my exactly. life and and so. You know, I think anybody who has grown up with a group of friends or, or maybe, you know, is getting motivated in their family isn't there in a way that they would hope, you're going to draw the people that mm-hmm. care about you. So keep putting yourself out there. When you get in yourself and you, and you are not putting yourself out there and you're saying this is it and this is the only people and like I don't ever get along with my dad or my yeah. mom and this and that, that you're going to have tough conversations. It's going to stifle your creativity and all these different things. But every time I've ever gone to an art event, and been surrounded by my art or if I've ever been around a piano been playing or you know been to yoga class I've talked to somebody who I've connected with and we've opened up collaboration business opportunities and at the very least it was a great five-minute conversation you know what I mean so again it maybe doesn't lead down to the road of like this big thing yeah but I mean a great five-minute conversation that doesn't happen like all the time so and who knows how it affects that person exactly it's almost priceless yeah business opportunity would be exactly so that's what for sure what I would encourage somebody I know that you know friends and family you know, we seem like, oh, they've been my friend forever. Or, They're my family. Again, that's not, that doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. Your family is who you make it. And um, you can recreate your tribe at any point in yeah. time. And, and that's just the truth of the, ma- truth of the matter. And there are people that you've never met. And I think it's a meme that goes around. Like, there are people that you will literally know for five minutes. I'll care more about you the rest of your life than people you've known your mm-hmm. whole entire life. And that is very, very, very true. So continue to put yourself out there. And you will draw the people that will support you through thick and thin, even though they've only known you for a month or two. But that right. will grow into years. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Is um, No matter how anyone feels about you know religion or karma or anything, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can deny that like, energy has some power behind it. And if you're putting your energy into what you do and what you care about, that, like, that self-development, that mm-hmm. work that comes from shaping yourself and shaping your art, whatever that is, it just is attractive. It's just, you could see it on people when they walk in a room. You could tell the difference between someone who like just got out there nine to five and someone who just like spent all day like yeah. meditating and painting their favorite painting. So it's just different energy. And hundred so percent, like what you put out, you get, you get what that gets, we've all heard this really like you get out what you put back yeah. in and that cycle is just going to roll on forever and ever. So you got to make sure you're putting good things in. So just kind of back to the art and yoga and all that mm-hmm. industry is there's so many different narratives to be told about mm-hmm. and all that. Like what's a stigma you kind of hear about either of those industries that, you know, seem to be warding off people from hopping in or shooting their shot or whatever that you just hear and like roll your eyes at and that you want to kind of debunk just so, you know, nobody's confused about what they're getting into. Yeah. And, th- and this is the thing with anything that becomes trendy you're going to start to have the negative connotations that come with Mm -hmm. it. You know, like anything that becomes mainstream, you're going to have people that are going to critique it. Like that's just the truth of the matter. And again, yoga and even art, and I do a lot of pop art, a lot of things for movies, Mm -hmm. is huge now. It is absolutely, utterly huge. There are so many amazing artists out there. And and we're all trying to make it, all trying to carve our, our... little niche out in the middle of like everything going on um but this goes back to the point that you just made there's going to be a lot of people who are out there just to grab some money out there just to hop on a trend mm-hmm. for a little bit right like nfts go and go I mean, da, 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 and it's just like a quick little blip in the course of someone's life right and then there are people who you understand 
can't turn it off and that are really passionate about what they do. And those people will always, always find a way to elevate themselves in the midst of everything going on. Mm -hmm. And so with any negative connotation that comes along with yoga or painting or this and that, um, you're going to realize the people that you want to practice with. You're going to find the instructors that really love the practice and understand the benefits. You're going to find... Um, you know artists that are really passionate about what they do and whether there was a, whether there's an Instagram or a camera watching them They're still gonna be painting right. and that's one thing that I say all the time. It's like What would you do if money wasn't an issue? Mm-hmm. What would you do if you didn't need your ego fed on Instagram? What yeah. would you do if you didn't you know need this or that a lot of people didn't hear that one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and it's just like yeah, I get it. you know We like the attention nowadays and we like you know working out and this and that and it's just like if it all were to go away mm-hmm. And we had nothing and it's like yeah I would probably be carving in a cave yeah I would literally probably have a sharp rock and right. I'd be making hieroglyphics doing art cave. one way or another one way or another it would happen mm-hmm. because it's meant it and this is how, and this is what's awesome about being a little bit older is that I was a part of an age where I didn't get any recognition for doing mm-hmm. anything and I was playing piano by myself for five hours a day, right. trying to learn it, trying to become better, and nobody would hear my music. There was nobody <laughs> hearing the music yeah. except me. There was no recording. Yeah. Like now, I record everything because I like sharing it, mm-hmm. putting it out there. It helps establish my brand, and it's it's part of the business. But again, like 15 years ago, yeah, there was nobody there. Nobody, to nobody. Doing I was great. making zero dollars, absolutely yeah. zero dollars. No I was views, young, no likes, yeah, no exactly. And I had no yeah. idea if I was going to make this a business. It was just something that I enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you, you need to find those people, um, and that goes with every single per- profession. There are people who are passionate about what they do. Yeah. So it doesn't matter where the critiques come from. It doesn't matter what stigmas come with anything. There are people that care about others, and you can feel that, and they're passionate about what they do, and you can feel that. You just got to make it through. There's a lot out there. You just got to mm-hmm. make it through, but you can usually sense it relatively closely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you did just mention, I wouldn't say older, but you know, you're out of your 20s. You're not yes. like a college kid or anything. <laughs> Looking back, especially as a man, because you know, we deal with so much with social media, all this. Mm-hmm. There's a million things to say. Looking back to your 20-year-old self, yourself that was getting out of high school, college, that range of the 20s, what would you say to them as advice? What was a mistake you made that you know you would advise others not to make? Just something of that sort because, I mean, you've worked many jobs and mm-hmm. here you are, still very young compared to where most people are, and you've found your passion, you've found your talent, you've found what gets you up in the morning, even beyond just your art and all that. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are three or four times older than us, and they're still lost, still oh, working yeah. in a gray room they hate. Mm-hmm. So... What's your thought there? Man, if I could go back and talk to my 18-year-old self and um, you, I just really wish, you know, people under would understand the importance of consistency and discipline. Regardless of what you want to do in life, you can make money doing it if you give the time to develop it and become better at it mm-hmm. and develop it and find out what you actually love doing. I loved doing all these things when I was 18 years old. I didn't start practicing piano until I was 17 years old, took lessons my freshman year in college, but then I just sat in front of a piano like literally every day for like three years, multiple hours a day. I wish that I would have kept that consistency even mm-hmm. longer than that. It made me a good player and made me uh, allowed for me to make money and again, I'm in a position where I'm very grateful for where my skills are at now 
But if I were able, was able to con- keep that consistency up from a young age, I would be even better off now. Right. And I would, and again, the, the reason why is just life gets in the way. You have a nine to five. You have these different things that obviously, you know, take away from different things. But anyone who's young and has a passion that they know really is there, and it is hard at eighteen um, to realize that. But again, you're developing. And you're figuring it out, whether mm-hmm. it's through a podcast like this, where you're like, I like doing this, I mm-hmm. enjoy doing it. Maybe it's going to develop into something else later down the road, right. but you are fine-tuning what you're passionate about now. Whether you end up in front of a TV camera, you're going to tell us a story 10 years from now where like, oh, I was doing a podcast literally um, about history, and it's helped me lead to right. this moment and in time. Thing. So again, the consistency, um, and then when you're young, save money. <laughs> this is you. Yeah. I mean, this is a, you need to be teaching us how to do this. And I, and I, so many conversations when we would work together, I just was so proud that your mm-hmm. parents helped instilled, or or whether you were watching Gary Vee or whatever right. you knew from crypto, like your dedication to um, having fun with your money, but setting aside money for right. your future. Is and the something, majority of it. Too. Yeah, the majority of it is something that young people just don't do. Yeah. I didn't. I. And again, I think maybe it's a little bit more, you know, I don't think to the level that you're at, but I think the financial literacy is a little bit more out there than it was when I was younger. Right. Um, but you've taken it to a whole nother level. Yeah, and, and it's so important because when you're younger, most likely, and again, this is maybe not so true now because you can monetize even at a young age nowadays, but establishing you're going to work a job and it's good at 16 17 18 19 to work a job to put some time in to understand what to work for somebody to help build those social skills that is important as much as i'm an advocate for just dipping out of your nine to five and just never looking back i'm a huge advocate for to put those years in to understand like what it means like this is actually what people do their whole Mm -hmm. entire life absolutely and if i didn't have that established when i was young like dang this is what people do their whole entire life like I wouldn't know that I can't do it, you know? Right. And But when you're younger, you have the opportunity to make some money. You live with your parents. You're able to save all these different things. You're yeah. able to invest and all that stuff. So, again, there's one part as a younger person. You have the passion. Make time for it. You have the time. Mm-hmm. As a younger person, if you're working a job, you're living with your parents, you're able to save money. Make a few of the sacrifices now yep. when you're young because even at your early 20s, you could be in a financial position that could really set you up to do what you want to do. And a lot of people are like, oh, 18 years old, when you're 50, da 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 That's not the case. If you make some really smart decisions when you're young, mm-hmm. you know, you could be looking at your early 30s, looking at a really good position in which you're able to buy a couple Absolutely. houses, able to house hack. All these different things that people are able to make money. And so, I mean, yeah. if there's anybody that's Reese's age that's listening <laughs> to this, I mean, hey, this man. is Reese's forte more so hey, than mine, because I'm still but, trying to save and all my money goes into my business. Um, but you know, you that was something that for sure inspired me, and I was just like, "Dang, this is awesome!" That yeah, and it's not even kid. not even to pat myself on that, but I just had it instilled from my parents, which mm-hmm. is if anyone's hearing this, make <laughs> sure you put that in your kids. And to come back to the work thing is the reason I ended up working at the job I worked with um, Basilius and everything ended up being because I worked at this one like ice cream shop when I was 15 and that made me go like man I really like hospitality mm-hmm. I really do and then that led to me going for you know a bigger thing and everything since then I, I plan to be a flight attendant I'm gonna travel I'm gonna write history all of it came one by one after and I also worked other jobs that I would like just scoffed that I worked in retail I worked at uh, a restaurant that I thought was gross mm-hmm. and 
they like scared me away. Not even scared, but just made me realize I don't want this. I don't want to be there. And for young people, it's of course I'm all about. I would love for you to put all your time into your sport or your craft, but there is something about money, and that we, we all need it, mm-hmm. especially when you have the ability to get it. You have the ability to go work, and you have that like privilege and health and all that to go. You know, I'm not even to say like, oh, I'm doing so great, but really, like, my parents made sure that I was saving most of my checks all of high school and. It's high school. You shouldn't be spending that much anyway, and money anyways because most of the money you may be spending is for clothes to impress other people or to flex on Instagram. It's just stuff you don't need where I was, you know, scraping by my tip money, like going out to eat like once every week. And I was chilling and now, you know, I've spent time investing and I now have a lot of safety if, you know, I've had a few car accidents, I have these things. And the money that I've had to funnel out to make sure I'm okay, I'm healthy, the car's taken care of, it hasn't even hurt me that bad because of all the work I put into making sure I had investments and all this. And just to bounce back to what I was saying about where you know you find your place is I wouldn't be recording this podcast right now if I didn't work my first part-time job. I can mm. promise you that. I wouldn't have – and that came from being in theater, which is a thing I just wanted to try out. So everything I have came from trying new things and trying to work a job. And who knows – I know we, we've said a lot of stuff of you know go chase your dream, but like there's no one more important than the 9 to 5, than the construction worker, the nurse, the doctor, mm-hmm. the dentist – any of these jobs, they build everything about our society and there's going to be Very endless cool. amount of them that listen to this and just walk past you every single day, mm-hmm. even if it's just two cookie shop workers. Yeah. But you may find what you like and don't like and can save so much of your life from being miserable if you do go work that job when you're young. So and you have the energy, you have the time. There's no reason not to unless, of course, you're, you, know, you have to be at practice six, seven days a week. I definitely get that too. But there's something that comes from working young and you know, learning how taxes work and seeing money just go straight to you. It's not from your parents. There is a pride across all people that just hits of I'm earning my keep. I'm doing this for me. And it can just open so many doors and that's what – one thing I'll always, always say is, you know, go either throw yourself at your passion or throw yourself at work or, yeah. you know, do both if you're crazy like us. Yeah, so exactly. And that's do one things way to usually do will happen. I love that, man. I absolutely love it. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right. So, and this is a, I was kind of saving this for more towards the end yeah. because I do feel this is going to be the most impactful and it's one thing that especially men need to hear. You are still a very young man in your 30s and... You had a child before you predicted you would, mm-hmm. and the situation was interesting, but you, with no, no prior incentive, no legal action, nothing, fully felt that you wanted to be present in your child's life. Mm-hmm. You refused to let her, your daughter mm-hmm. not be in your life. You refused to not be there for her, even though you could have made the choice that many, many men have made to either leave their family or not ever be present. You made that choice fully on your own, which I fully commend you for because I can't say, I can't say how much it meant to me to have a father in my life. Mm. And I can't say how much I've seen people who don't have that figure, how much it's affected them. And you fully on your own made that choice, which is huge. So what would you, what would you say like helped you make that decision to, which is going to change your life. It's going to take, you know, the next 18 years and it's going to take all this huge change and it's going to take away from your passions. But you felt that, okay, this is, my girly, this is my kid. What helped you make that decision to stay and be the great father that you are? Thank you. Um, I mean, there, there is a, it, it is a interesting situation because I never thought that I would have kids. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, you know, you take steps to ensure that doesn't happen, especially the older you are. You know, when you're younger, you're kind of wheeling and dealing. But as you get older, you are very aware. Mm-hmm. about how you approach relationships and this and that. Um, 
And it was just something that I didn't think that would ever be a part of my life. Then it happened. Mm -hmm. And just like you said, a lot of guys would decide to maybe leave. And my scenario, um, the mother probably wouldn't have cared. And I remember having a conversation with her and I said one of the tough things, I said this to her face was, I said, you know what's tough about the situation is if I were to leave now and never reach out to you, I don't think you would ever hit me up. Mm -hmm. And she said that was true. And that makes it tough because usually hit certain areas where you right. got Debbie dad and the mom's just hounding them for yes, running and money he and us and get here. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really tough to be on the other side of that, right. which is if I were to have disappeared, yeah. I would have never heard from her. Never heard from mm-hmm. her. Would you know? Yeah, that's why it was fully your choice to do this. Yeah. And so it was one of those things where, you know, I grew up without a dad. Um, you know. Um, being a dad with a daughter, you get even, I think, a little bit more protective. Yep, absolutely. Um, so it's like, you know, you get, I think, a heightened sense. And again, though, you know, it was something that I never wanted, but as soon as you have a kid, it is one of those things. It's like a really, I feel like a primal thing. You instantly, even if you're a deadbeat dad or dad doesn't care, mm-hmm. if we were to bring one in and sit down with them, we would find out that he does care. Yeah, 100%. We would find out that he does care, that he does love his kids, regardless if he's never seen them. And my dad, he's literally like never seen me. But again, he's reached out to us at random different times and shows that it continually pulls on his heart even Mm -hmm. after 18, 19, 20 years of never contacting us, it still pulls on his heart. So again, even the deadbeat dads, that's not the case. It's just the decision, how are you gonna be a part of your kid's life? Um, I'm finding that it is a a interesting situation, Um, but you know, it's the accountability that I hold myself to. And it's the standard that I do with everything. And this is just what, maybe it's a pride thing. Maybe it's an yeah. ego thing, which I think there is a yeah. part of that. Which have their pluses and negatives. Where there yeah. Are, yeah, there are, it's, it's all about keeping things in balance. So ego and pride, those things are not destructive unless they exceed something that, where you're just being destructive to everyone around you. I agree. But those things help you navigate life. And I think that is part of it where it's like, I hold myself to a very high standard in everything I do. I say to people often you could talk to any boss from when i was 16 to now and i doubt there's a single boss that would not welcome me back mm-hmm. almost instantaneously <laughs> especially our place yeah and it's just like <laughs> i hold myself to that standard because it is important for me to to really just leave a place better than when i entered it and to have a kid i'm not gonna just leave because I'm not it hasn't been better yet mm-hmm. you know she's developing she's not able to make her own decision so for me to leave now will put her at a huge disadvantage absolutely you know until she's 18 years old and and feels like she's able to to really step out on her own there's a lot of responsibility on me and I feel that every single day and then there's the other side of me and this is one of the reasons why I never had kids is because of my vocation mm-hmm. because I said that from the longest, I'm not gonna do a 95, but I'm gonna be a painter, a yoga instructor. And I knew that financially, yep. those things don't allow for a lot of room. Mm-hmm. And when I say like, oh, keep your bills at a minimum, yeah. having a kid is the opposite, opposite. of Could not keeping be any farther. Yeah, it is, literally, it is literally the opposite. Um, but this is where I will, um, you know, give credit to Grace's mom and our relationship. Mm-hmm. 
is that I am involved in Grace's life. Um, you know, I see her as often as I can. If they ever need anything, I am there. But it's like, now I have this crazy sense to double down on my passion mm -hmm. to get to a point where when she's a little bit older, I can say that I am a painter, that you can live through a passion yeah. and there's a tangible example. Instead of what most parents are showing their kids, which is, is a nine to five, they're not happy, they work mm -hmm. all the time. And again, not everybody has that opportunity, but I have a sense that if I double down now and really, really take this leap of faith and um, art and, and what I feel passionate about, that I will be able to have this awesome relationship with my daughter that's right. centered around, wow, my dad is happy 99% of the time instead of the 1% of the time when he's not working 70 hours a week, he has off mm -hmm. Sunday night to watch the Warriors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what it normally is. And so, yeah. um, you know, and again, I can't speak to the sense of responsibility everyone has. Right. We all, as fathers, are going to have that pull towards our kid, but mm -hmm. some people... They just yeah. walk away because yeah, exactly. there isn't something that they've grown and established throughout their life. Um, but this is something I said to you when I said that I had a kid. And this is something I'll say to anyone who hasn't had a kid mm -hmm. and they don't want one now or maybe they don't want one in the future or they're young. You need to make sure that you're having sex with one that people you care about. Mm -hmm. And again, it's very difficult at a younger age because yeah. you're, you're moving and dealing and you're in and out. And again, yeah. I understand it. Tinder and, and, and Tinder and Bumble, it makes things even more so easy. And I'm not taking that away from anyone, but if you're gonna be out there, then you are gonna have to just, we're just gonna be real. Like you just need to be very aware of mm -hmm. what protects you yep. in those situations. And you can't make concessions on this or that you know you just can't yeah and because you can be put in a difficult situation and again it's very easy for us guys to be willing and dealing and just be like i'll oh, have an abortion this and that mm -hmm. which again i'm everyone should decide what they do absolutely with their body and this is the importance of having sex with people that you trust because it should be a discussion that mm -hmm. you feel that yes. you are a part of. Two consenting adults Two consenting have. adults Absolutely. have together. So as much as I'm for um, women, it's their body and they do what they want, I always hope and really just put the energy out there that it is a open discussion mm -hmm. between two as adults. It be. And instead of just a, a, you know, this weird decision that one person makes right. where a guy doesn't feel comfortable mm -hmm. and the girl... And again, yeah. it's also one of the things where it's like, oh, deadbeat dad, where he's just like, oh, you're getting an abortion. That's not appropriate, where he just says it. And because that, the toll on a woman is insane. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not, I mean, I can't imagine having your body go through those changes. Of and course. Then, and then proceeding with an abortion. So again, this is what is just so important, even at a young age, where it's just like, I understand you're yes. out there, you're having fun. <laughs> But it's just like if you do take a few extra moments just to be like, you know what, I am actually, yeah. res you know, we are vibing with this person. Even if it's just a vibe, yeah. it's much better than to be in a situation where I'm just hooking up for this person overnight. It's much better just to take a couple breaths and be like, oh, even if this is a chill thing, we're just having fun, that you do take this thing like this is somebody that I would actually have sex with. And vibe with because if it gets a tough situation, you're, it's just you're going to be better off versus yeah, somebody you that want to be with you were just willing and dealing mm -hmm. with, and then boom, you're like, wow, this person doesn't share any of my values, doesn't share. And it's like, dude, yeah. you could have hung out for three weeks, <laughs> had a couple meaningful conversations, and still had a great time with her, or decided not to have a great time right. with her. Like, you right. owe your, anyone listen to this, you owe yourself 
that mm-hmm. to take a couple weeks, a couple dates. Maybe it's a little bit longer than you initially wanted, but I'm telling you, it's going to save you a lot of heartache. Right. And frustration. Change, change the rest of your life. You can change the rest of your life. And so, you know, as you get older like me, you know, things like vasectomy and things like that, you just need to take that if you think that's the way you need to go. But as a father, you have a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Regardless if I want a kid or not, Grace is here. She's absolutely hilarious, beautiful. Yeah, um, gorgeous. As much as I didn't want the situation, uh-huh. it's like you hit every parent yeah. said they wouldn't take it back. Look at the blessing. Yeah, it's absolutely. an absolute blessing. And she's helped elevate my game to the next level mm-hmm. because it me it will mean everything to me if she's 18 years old and I got to fly to Dubai, I got to fly to Italy to handle art, to do this mm-hmm. and be able to offer that life. I mean, everything, it will mean everything. Like right. that's the pride and ego part where it's like, yeah. I would do anything for us to be able for me to give her a life where it isn't structured around a nine to five or Absolutely. having to go to school and she's able to make the decisions of which we all do and it's so funny i think um people were crucifying will smith's kids when they were out there just dressing kind of weird and yeah. they were kind of you know just doing it and and then somebody said like yeah this is what kids act like when they have freedom Mm-hmm. And they don't have parents that are yeah. stressed out all the time. Yeah. And, and they must like, go to school and get straight A's. Yeah, exactly. And get ready for right. And they're able to make music one day. And they're able to pursue this. And again, obviously, they have a ton of money. But it really, really stuck with me. Because it's like we were destroying these kids. And it's just like, if I had to make no money and if I had just freedom to do whatever I wanted mm-hmm. I would you would be out there just living a much different life and it's like I'm not going to crucify a kid that wants to do this or that or yeah. he's wearing these clothes now and you're wondering it's just like and it's also a kid too I mean do, 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 do any of us look back at our middle school pictures and be like yeah he, he knew what he was doing like, right exactly. and you're giving that freedom of being a kid where every kid already has that level of only trying to figure out who I am and you get that second level of freedom mm-hmm. where your parents aren't telling you mm-hmm. make sure your grades are good you have to go to college yeah, da, 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 da. yeah these parents and of course like that's a that's a great privilege and all that, but look what they did with it I mean yeah. both of them are definitely living to a great standard now and yeah and it's just like they're themselves right. and that's what matters most at the end exactly. of the day is finding that finding that who you are and you know there's a there's a great way you can enable or kind of disencourage that mm-hmm. if you're a parent and your child because and that's one thing I heard from Ed Milet is a, a quote that like hit me is you are really doing a disservice to your children if you don't go live your dreams because if you tell them every day you can go be anything you want and they go why didn't you do it mommy that's gonna hit your heart if you know mm. that you gave up and yeah. and I and I understand their situations it is hard to go hey like, Trust me, the reason me we met is because you were like, all right, well, I got a kid now. It's time to work at a cookie shop. Like, you couldn't just go do art anymore. Yeah. You had to go get pay and go get a manager role. And mm-hmm. definitely, as you said, left a place better than you found it. Right. But, you know, we wouldn't have met had it not been for that. And you mm-hmm. had to buckle down for a couple of years yeah. and work, 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 work. But, you know, there, there should come a time when you go get to be yourself again. Once you've mm-hmm. gotten that stable base because, you know showing and enabling and modeling both those things for a kid that you know you're not only a hard worker who mm. took that especially what men usually are the ones to do it which is you know i'm just gonna buckle down and take that extra nine to five i'm gonna pick up the extra job dude my dad was working when we were younger i mean he was working 14 hours a day but once my mom got laid off we were living a two salary lifestyle off one one salary right. he said okay i'll make the other salary then it's it's crazy <laughs> and now and despite him doing that despite him literally quite literally working nine to five he would eat dinner with us sleep until nine and work nine to five a.m every single day for every five days for 
years. Mm-hmm. Never once was he an absent father. Never once did I feel like he missed anything mm-hmm. important in my life. He was there when I cried. He was there when I was happy. He was there just to do stupid stuff when I was a kid, like throw me, like just throw a ball at me. Right, right, right. All those things. And I could say the same thing about the man sitting across from me is, you know, he's busted ass every single area of his life, but we still see more pictures of him holding his adorable little daughter and his daughter knows his face and mm-hmm. knows him and is going to know for the rest of her life. That's my dad, mm-hmm. especially when he ends up doing paintings in Dubai <laughs> and things are coming around and there's no better thing to show your kids than one that you love them and two that, you know, this world is your oyster, yeah. especially if you're actually embodying it. It's, 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 it's 100% true. Yeah. So just to like wrap that kind of area up, if you, if there's someone on here listening that who's literally on that edge, they're in the car right now, about to drive away from their family or they're, you know, they just got the news. What would you say to that man? And I say man, cause that's like, it's, it'd be pretty yeah. tough to be pretty tough to birth the kid and leave that. Like that's right. impressive. But right. It happens sometimes, but not happens very sometimes, frequently. But it's like, that's, <laughs> yeah, it's very, very guy. rare. It's usually the man who, you know, we all do it, bro. Mm-hmm. We have sex mm-hmm. and then, you know, we were mm-hmm. in the moment. It happens, and you know that condom is. It's sometimes it's hard to reach for, but you gotta go reach for it, bro. You got to. Um, you know what would you say to that man that's right at that edge and is about to, you know, leave behind this child that probably isn't ever gonna need another man in their life more than the, the man that's about to leave. And, and this goes back to, to the foundation that I built my business and the the importance of self care, self love, and. Um, taking care of yourself and it goes back to understanding that you even in that tough situation that you do have feelings and emotions and you should get those out mm-hmm. whether you're going to therapy whether you're taking time to go to a yoga class or whatever you need to find ways to properly process those emotions the reason why we get in this fight or flight mode and where we feel like we need to leave is that we cannot process these emotions in a positive way. Right. And I know it's a tough situation because you're probably dealing with a mother that's probably a little bit overbearing or this and that. And it's just not leaning to like this great environment in which you feel like you can share what you're going through. Mm-hmm. But anyone who's dealing with that is like, you need to find someone to talk to, whether you, you know, are going to therapy or, or just sitting down with your boy or calling your parents up or whatever, you need to get those emotions out and process them. I think once you do that, set a little bit of self time, um, you know, some self growth, some self love aside, I think you're going to have a clearer mind. And I think you're going to be able to understand that the situation may not be the best, but you are going to be able to be in it mm-hmm. in a productive, positive way. Yeah. And so really, it was just tough to do because maybe it's like you got to watch your kid or, you know, she's asking for money and you gotta, you're thinking about getting another job and there is no room. Mm-hmm. There is no room to, oh, you're telling me to, to take a breath and to breathe or go do therapy, which is money and all these different things. But I'm saying like this is going to save your life. Yep. Like literally could save your life. And there was tough, tough times where my kid was in New Jersey and I had to fly back and forth or this and that where it was like I was tinkering, mm-hmm. you know, having very difficult conversations. But again, if it were not for yoga, if it were not for these tools, yep. I could one, honestly, not be here mm-hmm. or be in a very, very tough situation to where, you know, maybe I made some bad decision. Maybe I'm in and out of jail, things like that, yeah. which a lot it happens so frequently in situations like this. And so you need to find ways to develop those tools, whether you're in therapy, whether you're able to have these tough conversations with yourself in a meditation session, 
Develop those tools so that you can navigate tough situations like this. And I assure you that you're gonna find you're gonna find an area where you can be a part of your kid's life in a positive way, even though it may not be the most ideal right. circumstance or situation. Um, you're gonna feel better about participating and having that sense of accountability, and it, it is gonna lend to better results. Even though I know it's it's tough right now, so yeah, hope that makes sense. Absolutely, no, it makes perfect sense to me, and hopefully, I'm not in the situation anytime soon. <laughs> exactly, but really you know, truthfully, my um, I have a half brother who's older from my dad's previous relationship before his marriage to my mother, and it was a very bad situation, and he was forced to have the kid. It was forced upon him, and you know, never once did he back down. He not only made the child payments, but also raised him, mm-hmm. and here we are, ten years later. Or I'm sorry. 25 years after him being born and him being 10 years older than me, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's married, he has kids on the way, he's mm-hmm. a successful business guy. And just that level of how, how much you can affect one person's life who's literally mm-hmm. your kid, there's no one more important than your kid. The way that you're going to affect them by staying in their life is priceless. And then beyond that, the way that your teachings as a father and the way you're going to affect them is going to affect the way they go into the world and affect the world just has a price of infinite value that goes layers and layers and layers and the different legacies they can create and kids they'll create that just wouldn't have happened had you not stepped up so and and a real quick point with that is is one a lot of times they'll discount fathers we mm-hmm. know that to be the case yeah, and again this, is, this just has to do with kind of the men the male side of things um but the value of a father i cannot stress enough and I, now that i know and hear it is priceless no matter if i felt like I could have walked away and, and she felt like she could have handled it. You know, now that I'm there and see it, it is so important mm-hmm. that you find a way to make your, you know, have your imprint on your child's life. There is a reason why it takes two people to do this. Yep. Like there is a reason, okay? There is a reason because it takes a village to raise a kid, because it takes yep. a fatherly figure. It takes, um, you know, whatever it is, whether whatever you have in your life you have something to offer them Mm -hmm. so i cannot stress that enough like you have something to offer your kid i do not care what a baby mom saying what their family saying what your own family saying what you're saying to yourself that all probably pushes to the side like my kid doesn't need me Mm -hmm. i'm struggling financially all those pull factors all all those things that are you know and again this is backed by society and for years and years and years and years and years um but you have something to offer and now that I see it firsthand, and again, I'm just a painter. I'm literally like the least influential human being on the face of the earth. But I cannot, now that I see it, there is so much that I can give my daughter. Mm-hmm. There is so much. And I'm like the most basic human being on the face of the earth. And I feel that. So again, you have something to offer. There is something you offer. Absolutely. And again, if it's just time, throwing the mm-hmm. ball. That is priceless. It's endless. It's, it's absolutely priceless. Mm-hmm. And no matter, you know, how incredible that mother is, there's just a masculine energy that comes from being a father. Even, you know, there's very endless millions of strong single mothers that are being both the father and the mother. Mm-hmm. They're being the hammer that comes down while also being the nurturer. And those women deserve endless amount of support and commending. But there is a level of you won't ever get that same. So you had true. that dad. You had that guy that just like... If you're a son, like if if the if it's a male child that comes out, you know, there's that connection between the father and the son of, you know, mm-hmm. I was in your shoes, I lived life this way. Right. There's just something there and you know, I, I can't say what it's like 
to like not have had him because like I can't imagine who I would have been and yeah. you know there's just anyone I've seen who's missed that figure in their life you know there no matter how incredible they've turned out to be there isn't that level of you know I wish my dad would have been there with me like I wish I would have had that man to turn to when they're supposed to be the only like the number one man in your life that you know is there to hold you to, hold you during high school breakups or whatever yeah, it is so exactly. I agree. it's it's an incredible one, but I'm going to challenge you on one thing, though, saying that you're the least influential, because, good Lord, I mean, I could go on with this guy. I mean, any Black Lives Matter protest that's been down here, this guy's paintings have been there, on the news, fighting for the cause. Like, there's endless amount of that. things to say about what this one painter, one yoga instructor is doing in this tiny part of our giant-ass world. But, you know, that, all that I say, I still see it as it comes from, you know, who you are, the way you live, your discipline, your determination, and, you know, you're putting all your energy into everything including causes that are way bigger than just you. So, you know, you deserve all the, all the support in the world, man, from, from being a father to, you know, helping me scoop cookies at freaking one in the morning to, you know, to all the protests and everything that's on a most, probably to me, the most important scale that you've done. So it's incredible top to bottom. And um, kind of at the end here, I just like to, I just want to like see what your thoughts. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you you know you want people to hear? That's a message you have from your heart. That's something you just like think about. Anything I didn't put on the table for you to say? I mean, I think the last bit of advice, and I think it just goes to what you were just kind of saying. You know, you know, Reese has seen me be a part of several different things over our couple of years, and regardless of how I see myself, and again, I don't maybe hold myself in the highest esteem when it comes centered around ego and the expectation that I have that people should listen to what I say but the expectation that I have myself in entering any situation is to do it to the best of your ability mm-hmm. whether we're scooping cookies at 1 a.m. in the morning whether I am you know in a protest pulling people away from rubber bullets fighting for my daughter's safety mm-hmm. and security um, I go into every situation saying I'm going to do the best I can yep. 110% of who I am no matter what it is um, I, I will do the best I can and that means that I leave nothing on the table yep. and there are um, uh, maybe certain situations that I wish I would have done something differently maybe a regret if I could go back and do it differently but there is never a situation to where I can look back and say, oh, yeah, I just gave about 20% and mm-hmm. um, it was all good. Whether it was a job I liked or didn't, whether I was 16 years old or, you know, in my 30s now, 110%. Yep. And good things are going to come from you giving everything you have, no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the job, good things are going to come from that. And at the very least, you're going to be able to look back at your life. So, you know, I gave it all. I gave it my all. And, um, you know, even when I was having those tough situations where it's like, you know, maybe I'm, I'm tackling things like maybe suicide or, or anxiety and depression. You know, one of the things I even said to myself in the toughest thing is like, dude, even if I dip out early, even if I were to pass away from X, Y, or Z, I did it more mm-hmm. than what most people yeah you did 110 percent would ha- would do in two or three lifetimes mm-hmm. and so that's something that i i just want to share with anyone go into every situation doing the best you can whether you're working at a smoothie king whether you're working at a mcdonald's um whether you're trying to be the best dad that you can 110 percent of you who you are and people are going to respect that and, and good things are going to come from it 
And I want to say, dude, thank you for having me on this podcast. You are amazing. I've said to other people, and you don't know this, but I've said to other people when talking about you, I'm like, you know, there's not a lot of people who work as hard as me. You know, Reese is an extremely hard worker. And I always say, man, if I was half as charming <laughs> and energetic, coupled with as hardworking as I was, man, I would be on the level that you are. And you have a, you. a great trajectory and I'm super excited to see what you're going to be, um, you know, years down the road, but man, you're going to do some amazing things. I'm so excited for my daughter to have conversations for you to be on her podcast. 10 oh years yeah. From now, 15 years from now. And, um, just all the knowledge you're going to have to share with her. I'm super excited for all of it. And you're an amazing human being. And, and I'm, you know, glad that, uh, we had this conversation. I am too. Thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, man. All right, guys. Thank you all so much for listening. And you know what? That was that was the man, the myth, the legend. So he is Trifinus the second. All right. So I'll have all the Instagram in the description. I'll have all that in the bottom. We're gonna blow this thing up. Get this man some sold art pieces. You could listen to him sing, watch him do handstands, all of the above. But end of the day, I really just want y'all to pull a lot from this and understand that we've got. I've got a hell of a mind sitting across from me and you know we're just two dudes from one small town and one state of this big ass world so if you know we have the thoughts we have we have the impacts we may have you know you can too so you know be you go 110 percent and just do the best you can all right y'all have a good one